This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 11th, 2022. For unto us a child is born, remain. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Gosh, it's good to be with each and every one of you. All you guys out there, wherever you are. Week three of our series, For Unto Us a Child is Born. And our focus this morning is remaining, being faithful. So I'm Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for being here. I want to thank uh, those of you who knew about it. Um, I had an eye procedure on Friday, and I can see clearly now the you're all here today. Hey, you know, 32 glass of a laser just does wonders. And I am grateful for your prayers. Um, let's go ahead and pray and get started. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going to come out of my mouth today. I'm just listening. I'm just watching and listening. Oh, dear Lord, thank you. I'm just excited to be here with the family of God and to celebrate you, Lord. You're up to something. And we're thankful to be a part of it. Help us connect with you. Help us be bold. Help us be faithful. And settle us in right where we are so that we can hear um, your word that has been told for ages. And I would pray that there would be a fresh, a fresh brewing in our spirits as we contemplate Luke chapter 1. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. And so, as Alan said, the title of this message series for December is called For Unto Us a Child is Born. And today, we're talking about remaining, to remain. In the midst of uncertainty, to hold steady, that's what it means to remain, to stay the course, even when it's hard to stay the course. In the midst of the craziness, to be faithful. That's what we're talking about today, being faithful. And the person we're focused on this morning is Mary. Here's what we're told in Luke 1, 26 through 33. This is the New International Version. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So here we have the angel Gabriel visiting Mary, telling her that she is highly favored, highly favored that the Lord is with her. What does that even mean to be highly favored? Well, scripture says that Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and I guess that 
would be a really, I would be too, I mean, highly favored. And here God is choosing an angel to give her this message. She's probably not seen an angel before. And the angel goes on, do not be afraid. It's easy for the messenger to say, you think? <laughs> Easier said than done. And then he calls her by name, Mary. And who knows if she knew it was an angel or not? How does this guy even know her name? Strange. Strange, strange for what's going on here. One version of scripture says that she was even perplexed. That's a good word in this situation. Mary, you have found favor with God. Have you ever noticed that when you found, when you, when God finds favor in the Bible, life is never quite the same after that? Yeah. Abraham found favor with God. Noah found favor with God. Moses found favor with God. How about Esther and Deborah? They found favor with God. David found favor with God. The list goes on. Finding favor with God turned their lives upside down and inside out. And the same thing will happen to Mary, too. So the angel Gabriel goes on to explain to Mary what finding favor is going to mean for her. She is going to get pregnant and give birth to a son She's to give him the name Jesus. Jesus. Now, in those days, in that, in that area, that was not an uncommon name. It wasn't like the only Jesus at the time. You know, the, the, the names Jesus and, and Joshua come from the same Hebrew root, Yeshua. Uh, and that comes from an earlier Hebrew word, Yeho, Yehoshua. Yeho means uh, is associated with the word for the Lord. And Shua uh, means saves, delivers, rescues. So we've put them together and we have Yeshua, God saves. Jesus, a fairly common name with a, with a powerful prophetic meaning in this case. So Gabriel goes on to explain, the baby you are carrying will be the son of God the house of David, continuing the line of Jacob, also known as Israel, that comes from the 12 tribes, and the kingdom will never end. Whoa, that is quite a message. And her question actually seems to be quite logical. I would have had a lot more questions. <laughs> but her question that we read in scripture is, well, how can this be? since I am a virgin. Now, she probably knew how everything worked, and she also knew that here she would have a son, and so how can this be? And then this angel Gabriel shares with her how this is going to happen, how the Holy Spirit will be with her, and the power of the Most High will overshadow her. He'll be called the Son of God. And then the angel tells her that even her relative Elizabeth, who was thought to be barren, was thought to be uh, unable to have children, unable to conceive, that Elizabeth in her old age, Elizabeth, is six months pregnant. Go figure. 
The same angel, angel Gabriel had told Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, that his wife would get pregnant, that his wife would give birth, that he, Zechariah, would finally be a father in his old age. And what the angel shared has come to pass. It's come to pass. For, for no word from God will ever fail. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. No word from God will ever fail. What God says, God makes happen. Yeah. So we talked about Elizabeth and Zachariah's son last week, John the Baptist. Well, Mary takes all of this in that the angel told her, and she says this. Her response is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And at that, the angel left her. You know, we don't know for certain how old Mary was when she was visited by the, by the angel Gabriel, how old she was when she gave birth to Jesus, huh? According to this one source, crosswalk.com, historians tend to agree that she was most likely between 12 and 14 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Between 12 and 14. Think about that for a minute here. Think back. Some of us, this is going to be harder than others because we're going all the way back to 12. Think back to when you were 12 to 14 years old, somewhere 6th to 8th grade. And think about, think about like the 6th the, the to 8th grade girl today, you know. Um, I don't know. Concerned with body image. Concerned about friends being liked, popular. Carrie tells me they can be kind of moody. I'm, I'm not saying. Says the father of three I'm not, daughters. I'm not stepping in there. Maybe not really looking far, far ahead, maybe the next day, week, maybe the month. And, and then we have Mary here. Mary, receiving life-changing news about her future and the future, basically, of the world. Yeah. And I know things were different back then, right? Things were different. Mary was at the age when girls got engaged. She was at the age when it was not unusual for, for uh, girls, young women, to have children. When they got married and had children, have families, it's not unusual back then. But there's a little bit more to this baby, isn't there? This particular baby, a little bit more. Now she's giving birth to Jesus. God's own son, God in the flesh, the savior of the world. Things, things are a little bit different here. I'm looking around out here, and some of you have 12 to 14-year-olds, and you're thinking, wow, wow. And I, mm, yeah, so a couple minutes ago, we talked about those who were highly favored by God and what that meant. What is interesting is that God never follows the same pattern with any one of them when he says you are highly favored. For example... Noah found favor with God and in the sight of the Lord, and then the rest of the earth was destroyed. The floodwaters came, and Noah was 600 years old. Wow, that was different, definitely a different time and place, but he was highly favored. Mm. And we have Abraham. 
People weren't living as long, <laughs> not 600 years, but he was still 75 years old when, when God called on him in the chapter 12 of Genesis, 75. And God called him to, to leave his country, his, his people and his father's household and go to this land that God would show him. He faithfully followed, faithfully followed what God told him. And, and from that beginning, we have the roots for the Hebrews, we have the roots for the Muslims, we have the roots for the Christians. He certainly found favor, didn't he? And then there was Esther. She was a young Jewish woman, woman used by God to rescue God's people and keep them safe. We also have Moses. At 80 years old, God visited him in a burning bush. Remember, the bush didn't burn up. But he asked Moses to go to Pharaoh and ask Pharaoh to let God's people go, to release them from slavery and to go to the promised land. Can you even imagine getting that assignment at 80 years old? Moses found favor with God. And so we have Moses at 80, and on the other hand, we have David, who was just a kid. When he, God called him to go up against the giant Goliath. You know that story. And here's the thing, God had been preparing him. It wasn't in that moment. He'd been preparing him for this opportunity for quite a while as he tended his sheep, as he went up against lions and bears with just a sword, a knife, a slingshot. Remember, you remember the story. And David continued to find favor as he became the greatest king, earthly king, of the nation of Israel, the greatest king they ever knew. So old or young, age certainly doesn't seem to matter when finding favor with God. God cares about each one of us. God cares about the heart. God cares about righteousness, what is doing right in the eyes of the Lord. God cares about walking with the Lord. God cares about being faithful. God cares about us, about us loving him and those around him. And Mary had all of that. She had it all. Can you imagine at that young age be having it all like that? I'm still working on it. She had it. She was chosen to carry the savior of the world. That's a little bit different than the others that we spoke about in my opinion. A Little bit different. They all found favor but they were not carrying God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us, the anointed one, the Christ. And Mary remained, she, she was faithful, engaged, not yet married, to the father of the child, because the father of the child was gonna be God. She was in a precarious position. She, you know, we live in a world very different than the one she lived in. I don't think we can even begin to realize how actually dangerous her situation was. Not, not only could her fiancé have walked out on her, leaving her stranded to raise this child on her own, but he also could have said, I'm not the father, which would have put her on grounds of possible being stoned to death or uh, apparently committing adultery against the one to whom she was engaged. And even if she wasn't stoned to death, 
I, you know, I always wonder, how did she share this news with her family? <laughs> hey, Dad, I, I got some good news and bad news. <laughs> Which do you want to start? Can you imagine that? Of course, I don't think she was faithful in an isolated situation. I have a feeling her family was faithful as well. And even though the, uh, it doesn't tell us the angel visited, perhaps they believed her when she told them what she was told. And, uh, you know, they were faithful, she was faithful, and perhaps they all just celebrated the news that she received from the Lord. Mary remained. She remained faithful. But as Alan was talking about the parents, what about the gossip in the neighborhood? Did you see Mary? She's with child. I mean, she was out and about, I'm sure. Single girl, raising a child, engaged, not married. It did not play well in that time. Again, it's a very different time. And yet, Mary remained. She continued to be faithful. She carried God's son inside of her until that night in the manger. Hmm. See, here's the thing when you think about this. Over and over and over again, when we read these stories in Scripture, God takes the ordinary and he does the extraordinary. He takes the ordinary, does the extraordinary. You know, Noah wasn't some powerful king or ruler, was he? He's an ordinary guy, a righteous ordinary guy, a very righteous ordinary guy who found favor in God's eyes, and God took the ordinary and he did the extraordinary. Initially, Abraham wasn't some wealthy, well-known ruler. He was pretty ordinary, but he found favor with God. And God took this ordinary guy and did the extraordinary. Mm. Same with Moses. Same with Moses. At one point now, uh, granted, he's a pretty big deal. He was uh, the adopted grandson of Pharaoh. <laughs> That's a pretty good position to be in, I think. <laughs> uh, but that didn't last forever. When God called him to free God's people, Moses was tending sheep on the mountainside for his father-in-law Jethro. Just a shepherd on the side of a hill, an ordinary guy, tending some sheep, ordinary guy that God chose to do something extraordinary. Esther, a Jewish woman who risked her very life to save God's people. Now, she became the queen, but she was at first an ordinary girl that God used. And then we have David. David, a shepherd, just a kid, but a faithful kid, a kid who knew the Lord, a kid who remained faithful to God, and God took that ordinary kid with his ordinary skills and did something extraordinary. He slew the giant, and then David remained faithful to God. He became King David. He was faithful for the most part. There's other stories that we can share about David another time in another place, but he was a man after God's own heart. And then we have Mary old enough to have a child, 
It's still pretty young. And yet, spiritually mature. Quite spiritually mature. Mature enough to carry and give birth to the Son of God. You've got to say, how does that happen? That happened. How could this mere girl have it in her not only to have the guts to face the challenges that she would face with an unmarried pregnancy, but have the guts she would have to have to be the mother of the Savior of the world? You know, she, she was just an ordinary girl, wasn't she? Just an ordinary girl, uh, born into an ordinary family, engaged and then married to an ordinary guy. But you know, God takes the ordinary, and, and, and God does the extraordinary. He, he took this ordinary girl who was extraordinarily faithful, extraordinarily faithful, who was willing to remain when others wouldn't have. God took this girl and gave her the most extraordinary opportunity to be the mother of Jesus. And she accepted the opportunity with all its goodness, and its grief, with all of its glory and its gloom. And she remained true to God, faithful and graceful, the mother of the Savior of the world. So I've been in ministry um, as a preacher for almost 30 years. And Alan is what, 27 or something like that. So collectively, that's a lot of time. And <laughs> it's a lot of Christmas messages. It's a lot of Christmas messages. <laughs> and it's a lot of messages about Mary. Because we always preach about Mary. And we usually preach on Luke chapter one. And it's like, on this Sunday. really, you're going to talk about Mary again? Yep. Yes, we are. <laughs> and we, what we want to ask you is what fresh perspective can you allow the Holy Spirit to share with you about Mary? We've shared about Mary being, you know, faithful and remaining in God. And you're like, okay, I've heard that before. It's a great reminder for all of us to remain even when it's not easy, to be faithful especially during the challenging times. So the question, you know, what does that have to do with us? It has a lot to do with us. Because each one of us probably considers ourselves ordinary. But we're here to share with you that God sees you as extraordinary. God designed you and made you for his purpose and plan. For him, his life to be glorified through each one of us. When we accept Christ in our hearts, that's what we're saying. Okay, God, I love you. You are the Lord. And now I am going to reflect who you are and whose you are. And Mary is such a great witness and example to remaining and being faithful. That could not have been easy for her. Any challenge that we think we might have perhaps pales in comparison. And so the question again, what's our takeaway? Because God made you, because God designed you, God wants to do the extraordinary through you.
What does that look like? It doesn't have to be big, but for God it's big when we're just faithful. And you know, it's like, well, how do I know? We all, in Christ, when we're in Christ, we get these little nudges. I haven't really heard like the audible voice of God. I've heard something before once or twice, but frequently we get nudges. And that nudge is the Holy Spirit who lives in us that says, I want to do the extraordinary with you right now. And I want to say that if we say, nope, not right now, it's just blatant disobedience. So I'm encouraging you, if God's asking, if the Holy Spirit's nudging, go for it. Because it's always right. Mary remained. Mary remained, remained faithful. And this Christmas, we too can take a deep look in our hearts and see where we need to remain, who we need to remain in, and share that with people who don't know. It could be with our words. It absolutely needs to be with our actions and with our lives. People are watching. When we claim Christ, they're watching. So let's represent him well and remain and be faithful. Stepping out. Allow God to do something extraordinary with, with you. That's his purpose and plan. That's the good news. Let's share it. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for Luke chapter 1. We've read it 100 or 200 or 300 times, and it can continue to be so fresh. Lord, may your Holy Spirit just blow a fresh wind in and through this place and in and through our lives as we consider Mary and how she remained and was faithful. And that's what you call up from us too. It's so easy when everything's going well. It's so easy when our plan is our plan and we see it going. And it's not when there's challenges. But Lord, that's why you came. To save us, to lead us, to guide us, to forgive us, to give us newness every single day in you. Thank you for Mary. We pray this in your holy and blessed name, oh God. Everybody agreed and said. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.